Today's podcast is brought to you by The Power of A. The Power of A was created by the American Society of Association Executives to highlight the many contributions America's associations make to the economy and society at large. Learn more at thepowerofa.org. From the CQ Roll Call Newsroom in Washington, this is CQ Now, your nonpartisan news source for how the inside workings of Congress and the federal government shape the real world. The high-profile debate over whether law enforcement should be able to force Apple to unlock iPhones when investigating criminal cases is over. But unsettling questions remain over how the government turned to a third party to get that job done and what that could mean for ongoing discussions inside and outside of Congress about balancing national security with privacy. I'm Adriel Bettelheim with CQ Roll Call, joined by technology reporter Alicia Green and intelligence reporter Ryan Lucas. The battle between the FBI and Apple focused on accessing the phone of one of the suspects in last year's San Bernardino, California terror attacks. It's not unusual for the government to ask for a company's help, but this request went beyond that, right, Ryan? That's right. Um, it's been standard practice for uh, for quite some time for law enforcement, particularly the FBI, to go to uh, the technology companies with a request to help access data or content on phones. And Apple, Google, Microsoft, they've all provided figures of times, uh, requests that were made in the first half of 2015 and the number of times that they uh, that they helped out. Apple said that it disclosed data on something like 2,700 uh, accounts in the first half of 2015. Google said it helped out on 78% of law enforcement requests. Microsoft said uh, it helped out, provided content or data in 4,000 out of 6,000 or so requests. So there really has been a good relationship between the tech sector and law enforcement. But this case uh, took it to another level. Um, what the FBI did with its case is try to, it sought a court order that would have forced Apple to write software to break into its, uh, its own phone, actually to, to write software that would have overridden security features to allow the FBI to try to break into it. So for the tech sector, this was a step too far. Uh, it wasn't give us what data do you already have, what data can you provide. It's rather you need to write some new software uh, to allow us to crack into the phone. And that was just, that was a bridge too far. Uh, Alicia, in the aftermath, can we expect technology companies to push Congress to clarify rules to avoid having situations again where they have to settle disputes in court? Well, that will be interesting to watch now. Uh, throughout all the court briefings for this case, tech companies and trade groups had been saying, you know, this is something that should be decided by Congress and by lawmakers, not through the courts. But now that the court case is off and the pressure is off from that side, I'm not sure if these tech companies and trade groups will continue that push. They've actually been uh, somewhat quiet in the time since we saw the FBI and Department of Justice call off this case. And Apple, in its statement, just said that a discussion should continue. They didn't specifically say policymakers should weigh in or Congress should you know, rush to act on some kind of law. So we've actually seen a little bit of a scaling back of that kind of push already, I think. And there's also the question of, I mean, is this something that Congress really wants to, to muddy its fingers with? I mean, this is a, this is a very difficult issue, um, and you're not going to please everybody no matter what you do. And 
an election year? You know, is this something that lawmakers are going to want to dive into? Do they really want to go there? Uh, now that we know someone can hack Apple's most sophisticated operating system, can we expect the company to fix that vulnerability? And Alicia, was it a big vulnerability that the public should be worried about to begin with? Well, those are, are good questions, and we actually don't know yet whether the government will even reveal to Apple how it got into that phone. So we don't know yet if Apple itself knows how that phone was hacked. But um, I think certainly if Apple finds out, then uh, they will be very quick to patch that vulnerability. They've already said they're, they're looking at improving the security of their products and what kinds of promises they can make to customers. Yes, we don't know how long this third-party solution is going to work. You know, is this going to be a solution that in a month's time, in six months' time, in a year's time, is something that the FBI is going to be able to turn to to get into other phones that they that they want to get into? This may be a very short-term solution on this. Ryan, what does it say about the FBI's technical capabilities that they couldn't do this themselves and they had to go outside for help? Are there any conclusions one can draw from that? I don't know how far into this I would read uh, as far as the FBI's capabilities. Professor Landau, who uh, testified before the House Judiciary Committee earlier this year, certainly said that the FBI needs to invest in its, uh, in its technological capabilities and its uh, cyber capabilities. Folks within the FBI have pushed back on that. I remember speaking to a, to a former official who said, the FBI has quite competent people on this. Um, but yes, uh, James Comey, the, the FBI director, said outright that no, the FBI cannot do this. Uh, they don't have the capabilities to do it. Maybe Congress uh, will want to look into investing more in, in the FBI's capabilities, uh, dedicate funding to that. But and as far as broad conclusions, I'm not quite sure what we can draw. I, I, I think we're going to have to see where this goes. So Congress, since 9-11, has struggled to balance national security and civil liberties concerns. Is there any chance that this fight over the iPhone swings that debate one way or another? I don't think so. I think uh, what we've seen uh, in the past several years in terms of uh, the debate over surveillance, government surveillance, we saw it this past year with the, uh, with the Patriot Act, the renewal of that. You have the libertarian end of the Republican Party and the very liberal end of the, the Democratic Party kind of circle around and meet each other uh, in their opposition to uh, what they perceive as government uh, overreach in terms of surveillance. And I think that what this, what this case essentially does and the solution that we've seen is it, it kicks this debate down the road. I don't think that this resolves it or swings the pendulum one way or the other. Yeah, and just to build off of what Ryan said there, I mean, we've seen some bills introduced. We've seen talk about a commission being formed. But what the uh, status of those will actually be in a few months, I don't know. And like you said earlier, it's an election year. It's a year with a lot of other tough issues pending. So now that the court case is off, uh, there's a certain amount of pressure, perhaps, taking off of lawmakers, if it even put that much pressure on them before. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what actually happens, if anything. Yeah, does this, does this take the foot off the pedal? For right. even things as, as, as kind of, uh, I don't want to say mundane, uh, things as consensus-building oriented as a commission. Mm -hmm. CQ Technology reporter Alicia Green and intelligence reporter Ryan Lucas on the FBI. Apple and the fight to unlock iPhones. I'm Adriel Bettelheim. Thanks for listening. Until next time, you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at CQ Now, and you can download our podcasts on iTunes and SoundCloud.
today's podcast was brought to you by The Power of A. The Power of A was created by the American Society of Association Executives to highlight the many contributions America's associations make to the economy and society at large. Learn more at thepowerofa.org.